3: Always
4: follow,
5: the money. follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard
4: on v so Let's dance, baby. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money here on v the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Pauly Howard live with you in downtown Las Vegas from the beautiful Circa Resort and Casino. Coming up today over the next three hours, plenty of madness some NFL as well. Richie Bachelary is going to join us in an hour. He's been in this business for a long, long time. Legendary odds maker, great on college basketball. That's 60 minutes from right now. And Josh Klein covers the Panthers for the Riot Report. That was a bombshell on oh. Friday, and we'll get into that uh, throughout the show today as well. You yeah. good? You yep. all right? Yeah. You, you get that? Uh, get some sleep tucked away last night after the uh, <laughs> yeah. If you would have told me on Friday, hey, don't forget, guys, uh, over the weekend, you mm-hmm. know, the clocks are going to move ahead an hour. I would have said uh, every politician in the country agreed like a year ago to say, no, we're going to uh-huh. abolish this. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay.
3: Fun so, weekend. We needed that shot in the arm Friday. You're watching college basketball minding your business and whoop, team goes from nine to one and they might not be done. That was huge.
4: Oh, man. Loved it. I I've, I think I've looked at the details of that trade 10 to 15 times and i am still like, Oh, it's a head-scratcher. What? what? Sure. Okay. Uh, all right. So the brackets were announced last night. Great job, by the way, from everybody on this network, uh, on the shows, live right after. You're coming on, Paulie. I mean, and you're just trying to react to the games that they give you. <clears throat> and then the numbers that are slowly coming out here in Las Vegas, like Matt Humans, Tim Murray, Adam Burke, the fellas after them as well, did a did a splendid job for like four straight hours talking about it, and then Greg Peterson as well. A lot of takeaways today, a lot of observations. I will, I will point this out. We only have two matchups as of right now with one seeds involved because Purdue they must await their opponent. Uh, It's a play-in game. Same thing with Alabama. I think this will tell you a lot about the state of college basketball. Houston is laying around 19 in their matchup, one versus a 16, and Kansas is laying like right around 22. Uh, there was a time not that long ago where these one seeds were laying 30, 34, 35 points. And I just that that speaks to I think the teams at the top of this sport and how we don't have the dominance that we, you know, used to and that Gonzaga, you brought this up last week, Gonzaga, but that was only two years ago. You're right. Those two teams were unbelievable and they 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 both made the title game. But you're looking at this, and so what's Purdue going to open against the winner of Texas Southern FDU? And then Alabama will get A&M, Corpus Christi, or Southeast Missouri State. That's one of my many takeaways from the bracket. We used to see one seeds laying, again, 30 or more points. Mm -hmm. Also, I believe the Western region is absolutely loaded. And when you look at this, Bart Torvik, who does this and uh, sets numbers on on college basketball, he tweeted this out after the bracket. Kansas is his fifth-ranked team in the West, if you can believe that. Fifth highest rated team. They're a one. <laughs> so I looked at all of his numbers. Jesus. He has UCLA number three overall. UConn number five. With the, with the injuries too? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Gonzaga number seven. St. Mary's number nine. Arkansas number 12. Uh, Kansas number 12. Arkansas number 18. TCU number 20. That's seven teams in the top 26. That You, you look to the bracket above them, Houston. Houston. They have three teams in the top 18. Like it's uh, yeah, every loaded. year. The takeaway is like, how do you load up with one region? And then there's another one. It's like, that's a
3: cakewalk. Yeah, a lot of people outraged. Kansas wasn't ahead of Houston and Kansas didn't get Kansas city because they had the most quad one wins ever. But Houston was ahead of them as well. I thought the committee did a pretty good job. I don't think you had a lot to complain about if you didn't make the tournament, if you were on the bubble, especially where you didn't see a lot of mid majors that were even under under consideration. I don't think Nevada should have been in. I don't think Nevada has any business being in the tournament. Uh, Shocked NC State is not in the play-in game. NC State went 0-3 against Clemson, and they were hammered in all three games. But I do like, if you go back the last three years, you look at it, and Nevada got in over Rutgers, Oklahoma State. Two years ago, Wyoming was the last team in over A&M. Three years ago, it was Wichita over Louisville. So they are starting to give the uh, lower leagues more credit and not just going for the, the big boys with the at-large.
4: Yeah, and you know how this works sometimes. And I already bet uh, Arizona State. That was one of the first games that I bet last night. But you know how this works on occasion, Paulie, in this tournament. The team that, uh, you know, you're you're, you're going to hear this narrative. Oh, how'd they get in? They don't deserve to be in. Like those Syracuse teams with Jim Boeheim. How many times did that happen where it's like, wait, yeah. Syracuse is going to get another pass into the tournament, and then ups here they are in the Sweet 16. Yeah, yeah. You know?
3: Twelve seeds are loaded. Remember, twelve seed has won a game 32 of the last 37 tournaments. Yeah. Uh, the 13 seeds are very good. I hate what they did did with the Duke Oral Roberts matchup and Florida Atlantic and Memphis. Hated it all. Of it. Th- those two matchups, where you just look, and this is how they continue to punish the little guy. Where Oral Roberts is 30 and four, 12 seed. Charleston 31 and three, 12 seed. Florida Atlantic. Again, the most disrespected league year in, year out is Conference USA. 31-3, and three, 9 seed, nine and seed. the best 8. Allen Boston has Florida Atlantic, Kansas State, pick them. And K-State's a 3 seed. And they're a 3 seed. Yeah. Which and it also shows you how good that league is. Everything he said about UAB was true. Florida Atlantic were underdogs in that title game against UAB. But this league wins a game almost every year, and they have a lousy seed. And they still can't get respect. I mean, what, 33-1, and one, maybe a seven seed? Come on, guys. Yeah, probably. It's ridiculous it, and, if it, Florida Atlantic's a nine.
4: The East region was the last region they ran down yesterday, right? And so I couldn't even catch my breath. They, they show the Purdue game, who they're going to play, and then it dropped Memphis-Florida Atlantic. You're like, oh, my God, they're going to get Florida Atlantic, this red-hot team that just clobbered Houston? Yeah, Memphis
3: should not be an eight. No,
4: no, no, yes. they're, they're better than that. Oh. And by the way, oh. that's that's this is, again, a very easy prediction. A lot of people are going to pick Memphis over Purdue. Like, before these games even tip yeah, off, I okay. don't even know Memphis beats Florida Atlantic. But I'm saying when they fill out their brackets, a lot of people are going to have Purdue losing to Memphis there. But then, so that game was announced, followed by Duke Oral Roberts. You're like, Why? wait a second here. Yes. i got to recover from Florida Atlantic getting Memphis as the 8-9 game. And then you're going to give us Duke against Oral Roberts? Which, by the way, I agree. I mean, Oral Roberts is a, a fantastic 12 seed. But, Paulie, come on. I mean, that that matchup is phenomenal in the first round. I also think Duke is underseeded. Yes, I agree. I thought I thought for sure the committee yeah. was going to make them a four seed. Yep. Yeah. The way that that team is playing basketball, you go back to like February 1st or anytime like in the middle of February, they are playing some of the best basketball out of any team in the country. And we saw what they did in the ACC tournament, ACC tournament, you know, conference is mm-hmm. down this year, but they 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 were awesome. And when they bring their A game with all that talent, they can win the entire thing. So, and that's the team that Oral Roberts gets right away. But that, that, the back-to-back 1-2 in the East, just phenomenal.
3: How about the love affair with the Mountain West that the committee has? Uh, and by the way... They, they, they got four teams in last year and embarrassed themselves and couldn't win a game. Two years ago, the Big Ten embarrassed themselves and were so bad. And the Big Ten has had plenty of issues in the tournament. But yeah, then it. they come right back and they put four more teams. That's the thing about the Mountain West. It's the opposite of Conference USA. Conference USA, I'll run it down later. They, they usually win games in the tournament. They're a 13 or a 14. Mount West, they're in the 6-10 range, and they can't win a game. So Pick them. Sometimes they're favored. And then they put four more in, and they give them the benefit of the doubt.
4: What do you make about some of these point spreads then? I already told you I bet Arizona State last night. That number is going up. Well, I can't believe Utah State's favored. And by the way, that I saw it tick to like two and a half. Yeah, right? Utah State's a good program, a good team. Right,
3: they are. But they the, are. the history of this conference...
4: You have to factor it in. Yeah, I don't think they should be favored against Missouri. No. In another one, uh, I'm a little conflicted here because I wanted to fade the Big Ten as well. Yeah. Northwestern against Boise State. Yes. I did. I did grab Northwestern at plus one and a half, but I have no faith that Boise's going to win that game. I, I can't sit here and tell you that Utah
3: State should be favored over Missouri and they're going to win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, well, also you're looking at this with thinking you, you have all the teams you want to bet on before the brackets come out, and then you just see the, the job that the oddsmakers did. And you think, well, well, there goes that. Yeah. I mean, I the, the team that impressed me the most this week was Kent State, and I'm like, they're going to win a game. But then you look, they're only getting four points. That's it. Yeah. I mean, they went to Houston and it was tied with a minute left. They went to Gonzaga and almost won the game. They took on Toledo in the MAC title game. Toledo had won 17 in a row and yeah. they ran all over them. I mean, that team is good. Yeah. Okay. But then you see that what they're at, they're only even though they're at, what a 13 or a 14, uh, they're only getting a four points in that game.
4: I'll give you another one. So, uh, Furman and how much they can I score. I like
3: that team too, but look at the point spread.
4: Yeah, right? I mean that's a four thirteen matchup. And that's up. another one too. Virginia got a four seed. Yes, that's too high. Yes, they should not be a four seed. They should have flipped them and Duke.
3: Give me, yeah, I, I would agree with I think that. trusting style. Yes, Oral Ra- Roberts Virginia's a better matchup. Bingo. Up. But you see, Furman's only catching four and a half in that game too. So the odds makers are all over it. Yeah. But you just see the depth and how good the twelves, the thirteens, and the fourteens are. And then once again, Colgate's a fifteen which I can't believe. I mean, the number one in the country yeah. in three-point shooting. I know the Patriot League isn't that good, but uh, I'm disappointed Colgate's a 15.
4: That's another one, too, that uh, a prediction here that Texas is going to be a very popular pick to come out of that region based on what they did in the Big 12 tournament. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a super solid year anyway. It kind of reminds me a little bit of what Iowa was like last year, although Iowa was a five. Remember that? They were red hot coming closing the season. They won the Big 10 tournament. They were very, very good. They get a five seed. I, if I recall correctly, like I, I think I bet Kansas like minus one twenty as a one seed to make the uh, Sweet Sixteen last year. It was something stupid okay. because the thought was they're going to get Iowa and Iowa can beat them, and Iowa lost in the first round. I'm always very scary about those, uh, you know, suddenly hot teams that become very popular and everybody's picking them to make a long run.
3: Yes. So. And the fatigue factor because you put so much in to winning these conference tournaments. And maybe sometimes you played on a Sunday as well. Yep. BetRivers online sportsbook, great house specials and menu. You can win up to $10,000 in bonus money by playing their squares. Place a qualifying bet, get a square on the house. If your numbers match, you win. Full terms and conditions available, BetRiversSquares.com and significant movement on all the, with the number one pick in the draft now. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I will give you two teams and ask you how
4: they were seated where they were by the committee. They didn't really make much sense to me and also more on the tournament including other bets that we've made so far here on Follow the Money and Visa and the Sports Betting Network.
3: Is follow the money on VSN. Look for all the house specials every day at Bet Rivers. Will any four seed make the final four? That is plus one forty right now. They'll add some every day, and you can win up to ten thousand in bonus money by playing their exclusive Bet Rivers squares this basketball season. If your numbers on the squares match the final score, you win. Restrictions on qualifying wagers and credit use. Full terms and conditions available. Bet Rivers squares. You nailed this right when it happened. You can be anti-tanking. You could be an artifact and relic like Herm Edwards and you play to win the game. But when you came in that Monday, you were screaming. After the season ended, how could the Texans be so stupid and win that game? What were they thinking? Well, what's the difference between the one or the two seed? Well, you just saw it. The power and the leverage you have as a one and some team organization could lose their mind and offer a truckload of picks and players to move up, and that's exactly what happened. And a great job by Poles and the Bears, and he was telling the truth when he reached out last week to Peter King at the Combine and thought what he had on the table and what he could get. But for Carolina to go from 9 to 1, and what what would Lovey Smith, you should have been an extra bonus in his stocking stuffer just to entice him to lay down but why? Look what! Look how costly that win was in a meaningless game for the Texans. Yeah, what could have been? Yep. Yeah, I still
4: can't believe they did that. And so again, this is why, Paulie, you need to always remove your opinion of what you think about quarterbacks coming out of the draft, because teams usually, right, will be so desperate that they lose their damn minds, and that's what yep. Carolina did here. So you're telling me again. That when the huh. Ravens put the non-exclusive tag on Lamar Jackson, Carolina was one of the first teams to come out and say, no, we have no interest. And I get it. Again, the, the one response that you're going to get always is, well, no team wants to give him the fully guaranteed contract. Okay, but you want to give up this
3: many picks? For a guy you don't know who can play. Of course. It's, it's just no ridiculous. Idea. The MVP is 26 years old. You could have had him for less than what you gave up for unproven commodity. I just, this is you, Looney Tunes.
4: I shook my head for an hour on Friday. Like, yes. wh- what am I missing here? Okay, so, and again, the, the, the Bears, they have so much salary cap uh, to work with this offseason. There's actually a floor that teams have to spend. And so, certainly, when Carolina said, well, you can take $20 million and DJ Moore off our hands, they're like, okay, sure, sign me up. You can throw him in, part of the deal. So they bring over a really good wide receiver, and they get all these picks. Yes, they move down from one to nine, okay, but... They're also getting the number 61 pick this year, a first-round pick next year, a second-round pick. That, to me, is an absolute haul. Now, here's the second part of the equation, is you need to actually hit it out of the park with some of these picks. You can't go 0 for 4 with these picks that you got from Carolina. You got to hit at least two of these guys.
3: Well, when you give up that haul as well, Carolina's got to nail this as well. Sure. They have to get it. And you just saw the huge movement on Stroud now to go number one, as high as 450. But is it possible that they don't know? That's the other thing. If you make this trade, you should know who your guy is. It's like, okay, we're moving up. We we love this player for a specific reason. This is the guy. And they don't know that. Wow. And they might even move back to two. Now, Reich loves Stroud. He also was high on Richardson. Can you imagine going this route with a project and moving, up, give up all those picks and more to take Richardson? They well, could move back from one to two because they could say, okay, Indy, we know you like Young. Our, our, according to our reports, they don't like Young. And Reich has coached, what, six games in his career with a quarterback under 6'4"? Yeah. Peter King ran that down beautifully. Then you have McCown, who works with the Carolinas, saying, I'm very concerned about Young and his ability to throw from the pocket and his size. So to me, it's got uh, to be Stroud for, uh, for Carolina. Yeah, it's got to uh, be a quarterback not named Bryce Young.
4: I would think Stroud yeah. at this point, but I would also like to remind people that if you go back just one year ago, um, the the shifting of the odds at this point of the season, first uh-huh. Evan Neal was the favorite. Then it was Equanu. Uh, he had a little buzz. And then there was a new favorite to go number one overall. That was Aiden Hutchinson, who was minus 350 to be drafted first. And that's when Neal and Equanu went down to 6-1 to one and 10-1 to one respectively. And then all of a sudden it was... Sunday of draft week, it's not going to be any of those guys we talked about. It's going to be the the other kid, the other edge rusher who went number one overall. So this year, is it going to be, I would say, be careful. I, you absolutely cannot bet Stroud right now. No, they could trade the pick. Yeah, it's at some point, like, see, th- here's the thing. When it comes to betting the draft, you're betting on info. You're not betting on what you think is going to happen in a basketball game. You're getting the information. So I would tell you that if uh, you get and we're closer to the draft and the word starts to spread that it's absolutely going to be C.J. Stroud, that's the time that you lay three fifty dollars or $4 to do it. You don't do it right now when it's up in the air. You don't follow this market move. And could it be Stroud? Absolutely it could be. But could they take Richardson or could they trade the pick? Yes, evidently they could. Mm-hmm. So right that's now they, is the they, wrong they time said, to get
3: involved. They even said that. I don't know. We, we want to be in control. That's why we did this. They keep saying that. We wanted to control the draft. Uh, the big winners, Fields, he gets more, and they'll add more weapons for him. That'll probably the the Claypool trade looks terrible now. Also with Chicago, ah, really bad. Uh, the losers, the Colts, Texans, big time. Can the Colts still get from four to one? And although other, other winners, Arizona, because there's another one. Can I get my quarterback? But do you you don't want the fourth best quarterback out of this group? So someone is going to give up a lot to move up to three, and Arizona's going to move back to. Yeah, two.
4: one would think. One would think. So now That's Car- another
3: trade that's going to happen.
4: Yeah, Carolina, this is a great tweet from Mike Clay at, at ESPN. The situation as of right now would be the number one overall pick at quarterback, P.J. Walker, Matt Corral, Jacob Eason. Their running backs, Chubba Hubbard, Raheem Blackshear, Spencer Brown, their receivers now, their number one receiver entering the season as of this minute, Terrence Marshall. Then Shy Smith. Or Chenault. Right. Is Chenault, yeah. Chenault, yeah. But look at Yikes. look at those. wide. Yeah, exactly right. The tight ends are Ian Thomas, Tommy Tremble, and a couple of other dudes. That is not pretty. You eliminate D.J. Moore from that group. I like D.J. Moore. I mean, I'd, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's a top 10 wide receiver, top five wide receiver. He's not, but he's very good. He has the capability of being very good. And now feels obviously he's going to get like his number one at the, you know, at the time. Um, so that'll help him out along with Chase Claypool. And they're probably going to take another receiver in the draft, or they could, uh, you know, address that position in free agency. I just, I mean, so you're going to control the draft now. I don't get it. And you're going to get some of the compensation back that you gave up, but it's still going to be a lose-lose then.
3: Yeah could they use that other second round pick they have and try to get hopkins or make a trade for a wide receiver i just don't understand this thought process if we want to control the draft and we could no. if you make if you give all this up you got to know who your guy is you can't miss on the pick but then you can immediately come out and say well we could go back to two and there's a and we like all the quarterbacks in the draft right doesn't make any sense no and you could have had to you, you know what It would have changed the organization around and you could have won right away. Is if you take a 26-year-old MVP for few for less for less, you two, two number ones and two number twos.
4: Again, I would say a fully con contra- fully. I'm not a big fan of this, but a fully guaranteed contract to Lamar Jackson is a is less of a risk than giving up what you did for a completely unknown commodity.
3: Yeah, I like it, this. Yep, I like this Jeremiah tweet. If I'm Indy, here's the million-dollar question. Would you rather spend the fourth pick on the fourth best quarterback in the class, or trade that pick in next year's one for Lamar Jackson? To me, it's an easy call. Yes, it's an easy call. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these issues that Indy's had at the quarterback position, and then you can—if you have the issues with the offensive line again—Jackson can can cover that up too. What are they doing? I don't know. I don't and he's know. right there. Fewer. Well, you have to give up less than Watson, less than Wilson, yeah. and let you have no idea what you're getting with the number one pick or whatever, any of these quarterbacks if they can play. Yeah. Here, and then, and then would Carolina actually take a project at number two, move back at number two, uh, and, and take Richardson? Who knows what I, that that's in play as well. Well,
4: so to go to back up a minute here and say they traded up number one, they don't know. Here's my thought on that. And again, now that they quote control the draft and they want to maybe trade back down. Maybe they do that. And maybe that was part of the goal. But if they traded up all of those picks and DJ Moore to get to number one and they don't know, I'm not buying it for you. are You're ridiculous as an organization. So you're going to trade up thinking, well, we could trade back down. Well, what if that fails? And then you're going to be, what, a coin flip? I do believe. Coming it. up on draft week? They already said it. Yeah, but I bet.
3: They already said also, we move back to two. Which I that, no, they I just know be, but they're just probably dangling the carrot for Indianapolis. That's what I'm saying. Because they don't yes. like Bryce Young.
4: You're not going Paul, you can't but, make this move and then be like, well, we don't know who we're gonna take number
3: one overall. That's so ridiculous, I can't even begin to explain it. Well, yeah. That could be Carolina. All these crazy uh going every direction with the quarterback. That's that's what probably done, as
4: yeah. bad as the Texans winning in week eighteen. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh so you I, see what they gave up. And then you see Jalen Ramsey hardly went for anything. Oh, boy, again. Like a that's... backup tight end and a third-round pick. And when we ran down those odds on the air, I told you I can't believe Miami wasn't listed. Yeah. I thought he was going to Miami. Right. And that was a great job by the Dolphins. That was they a get steal him, for get the big. Dolphins. Oh, absolutely. You get him, you picked up Fangio. Yep. If Tua stays healthy, if Rodgers goes to the Jets, what a division. I'm, I'm pretty convinced, though, the one thing with the Panthers, they didn't trade
4: all of that up for Bryce Young. I I can't imagine Up next we'll recap the the betting weekend with win some, lose some here on Follow the Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Follow the money. money. That's what I always say. Always follow the money.
5: Yeah, yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Paulie Howard on VSIN.
3: Welcome back. VEASAN has a podcast to help you bet college hoops. The VEASAN College Basketball Betting Podcast. Each week, Tim Murray, Matt Humans, Adam Burke give you three episodes breaking down games, finding value, and looking at the futures market. Check out VEASAN's College Basketball Betting Podcast wherever you get your podcast. We'll
4: begin this hour with more of the madness. Richie Bachelary is a longtime numbers guy, odds maker, better, loves college basketball. Uh, he's a very good dude, as well, on top of everything else. He joins the program now. He's at Circa Sports. Rich, yeah. good morning. How are you?
5: Good morning, guys. Glad to be here.
4: Thank you. We appreciate it. We love talking to you here. Can you can you give us, uh, in our audience here, a little bit of a, a look behind the scenes here, what it's like for you here at Circa? How many guys are in a discussion when the games are getting released on national TV? And there you go, you're trying to come up with the number. What are, what are the overall discussions like uh, when you're talking about coming up with a point spread in a total?
6: Yeah,
5: that's uh, you know typically the the question for uh, operations that create their own numbers and post prices that you know the, the may not agree or may be different than what the uh, the other operations have and Circa is mm-hmm. definitely one of them. Matt Metcalf, uh, you know, he leads by we go by our numbers and we set the market, and uh, that's exactly what was uh, what was done yesterday. We uh, we basically as the games are are coming in, we're, we're spending a lot of time just, just, you know, getting the order and writing the order down. Uh, You know, some of the chatter has to do with, you know, can you believe they're that high or that low, et cetera. But when it comes time to making the numbers, we basically just attack one game at a time with a side and a total. And, you know, that's the way they post them. Once we, once we agree on a number, uh, Matt, you know, Matt went in and, and input the data and opened it up for betting. And, You know, you see bets coming in pretty much right away.
4: What was the biggest disagreement Mm -hmm. that you guys had yesterday on any of these games?
5: Well, I think uh, the biggest disagreement was from me, and not necessarily uh, Matt or uh, the other individual there, a longtime Nevada guy, Nick Bogdanovich. Uh, And the game was the uh, West uh, Virginia-Maryland game. Mm -hmm. Uh, They both had West Virginia, a a like one or one and a half point favorite. Whereas I had Maryland, a one and a half point favorite. Now that might not sound like much, Uh but when these numbers are as solid as they are, uh, that is a big difference. And uh, I believe the game ended opening up uh, West Virginia, one and a half. And I think it's up to like two or two and a half now. So they have the early advantage on that line move on that opening line move. But I, I feel pretty confident that there'll be plenty of Maryland money. Uh, against uh, a West Virginia team, I don't, I don't think they really got to the point that they needed to be this year. Uh, as much as I love that coach, and, and Maryland, you know, had an outstanding year. You know, granted, not not the greatest team away from home, but mm-hmm. uh, that that that's the biggest difference.
4: Okay, how, how long does that discussion last before you settle on, you know, okay, we're going to open it up with West Virginia favorite?
5: You mean after I say you're crazy? <laughs> yes. <That's disgusting?" laughs> <laughs> uh, probably, probably about uh, thirty seconds.
3: Oh, okay. Oh, All right. All right. Yeah. Walk us through your line with Tennessee and Lafayette, or Louisiana Lafayette, rather, Raging Cajuns, where you you were five points shorter than another book across the town.
5: Yeah, uh, I know that uh, Tennessee. I, I made that game uh, nine, and I believe both Matt and Nick made it just a touch higher than me, uh, and I think they wound up. Uh, using the nine, maybe I convinced them you know once again we're not really looking at any other prices uh-huh. uh, if they're if they're available uh, and and after the game got posted we did notice that it opened like thirteen or fourteen uh, but you know I we see that that it settled in at about ten and a half uh, I believe that's the the number right now uh, yep yep and and uh you know Well, Tennessee had, uh, you know, Tennessee has a very talented team. There's no doubt about it. They did have a lot of injuries, and and they're playing without the Ziegler kids. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Lafayette was a very solid uh, Sunbelt team all year. They they had some some pretty good teams at the top of that conference. You know, they managed to come out on top. I'm shocked that it's higher than 10.
4: Okay. All right. I like that, by the way, Richie. And we're talking to Richie Bacheleri here on Follow the Money. It's Visa and the Sports Betting Network, longtime odds maker here in Las Vegas. And that's the way you have to go about it. You cannot pay attention to where other places are opening up their numbers to maybe influence what you really think about a game or a number. You can't do that. And I love the, that's how you guys operate.
5: Yeah, well, Matt's, Matt's of the opinion. You know, you got to write bets. Mm-hmm. You have to write volume. And there are going to be some instances where players – you know, have some mathematical advantages after, you know, after a game moves a couple of points, then, you know, the player gets the best of it, but that's okay. They're laying 11 to 10. Matt, Matt knows the game inside. and out. he writes a lot of business. He writes a lot of juice. So when you're writing all that volume, you know, the, the percentage of, of the games that the house needs to win uh, decreases greatly just for even. And when you, and when you split out, you know, the, the juice is immense.
4: Okay. So then you mentioned how you took some early money on West Virginia, but you think you're going to get some back on Maryland. Give us some games where you saw other like early respected money yesterday when the numbers first opened.
5: Yeah. All all Roberts. Uh, we, we tried to open, um, that's the Duke game. Uh, Duke, as low as we possibly can knowing they are one of the, you know, playing as good as anybody in the country at the moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, we tried to open that as low as possible, and I think we did, but it still got hit down from seven to six and a half. I think that number is probably a little bit lower, uh, maybe some sixes. Uh, but that was that was some sharp money on all Robertson. Can you blame them? No. I mean, they, they've got a tremendous team. Uh, they played some good non-conference schedules. Uh, the, the great kid in this Max Abmus. Mm-hmm. I think his name is. I mean, they're just outstanding, and uh, it should be a it should be a fantastic game. You know, it's the kind of game. I think I made the game seven, but really wanted to make it five. But you know, there's no there's no cheating in in odds making. This is the number, and and this is what we go with.
3: You're right. It's a perfect storm. They made the Sweet Sixteen a couple of years ago. They won 30 games, and they have a star player. So, uh, can you talk about how things have changed when you see? Like the the line with these five twelve games and the respect for Charleston and Oral Roberts and e- even Kent State. I mean, you see, you see some. Look at the thirteen four matchups. What what Furman's how short Furman is, how short Kent State is, and how things have changed when you look back and what what a fourteen or a fifteen use how many points they used to be getting as a, compared to today.
5: Yeah, that's uh, it, it. It's been uh, occurring like this every year, and this year is no no different. Uh, I think a combination of the talent level spread out across the teams yeah. is, is one of the main reasons. Uh, I think there's also a little bit more of an emphasis in, in the last five or 10 years to put up a number that's not so much suitable for the market, uh, meaning rather than gearing prices towards uh, a recreational or an unsophisticated player where Duke might have been jacked up to 10 or 11 in a matchup like this. Now there's more of an emphasis placed on putting up a, a number that's closer to a rating. You know, maybe more math than, than anything. You know, this is what it rates. This is what we're putting it up. And that's the reason why you only have Duke is like a seven-point favorite. Because, I mean, that's basically the, the difference in, in the two teams' ratings.
3: Okay. Is there anything you like in the first round? Uh, any potential upset you like?
5: Well, you know, I I, I did like Santa Barbara. Uh, that got bet down against Baylor. Uh, I would have taken the eleven, but you know, when when, I'm in, when we're in work mode, we're working.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: And anybody that wants to make a bet, you know, we wait till the next day and see what's left. Uh, Florida Atlantic. I mean, I would have taken. I would have taken five or six with Florida Atlantic in that matchup. Uh, we opened at three. It actually got that down a little bit to two and a half. Uh, but I, I do like Florida Atlantic if I can get four, but I don't think I'm going to get that. Uh, Furman, you hit on Furman earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, it's another very live dog with uh, has an outstanding season in the SoCon. And, and I'm looking at them. You know, but it's early. Uh, guys, it the That's numbers went up roughly 12 hours ago, and by the time we got out of there last night, and you know, you didn't let me sleep till three today. Thank
4: you.
3: Do? Uh, uh, yeah.
4: Okay, so we have like we have a, about a minute here, Richie. This is uh, you might give me the same answer, but I think it's two different questions here. Who do you have as the highest power-rated team in the country? But as an aside then, which team's A game do you think is the best in the country?
5: Yeah, you, uh, you were going to ask me that and, and you know, giving it thought. You know, I've got Houston actually a point better than Alabama. And I know that that has, has shifted greatly in the last week or two. And I would say that Alabama is probably the livest team. Uh, they are the most capable at this point. From watching them over the weekend, uh, the Quinterly kid and, and, and the other kid, the Miller Miller kid, and they're just fantastic athletes. They've got size, they've got speed, they shoot well. Uh, they're not exactly the greatest three-point shooting team in the country, and if, if they get if they get better from the outside, they'll be very dangerous. Yep.
3: Mm-hmm. Real quick, could could you make the case that Pink Floyd is underrated?
5: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely underrated. They're, they're living in, a, in the world of a three seed where they, they could easily be a one or a two.
3: Good job, Richie. All right.
4: Good job. Thanks, Richie. Enjoy the week.
5: All right, guys. Take care. Thanks for having me.
4: All right. Be good. Do it soon. We'll talk to you next week. Pink Floyd could be a one or a two seed. I got him driving in. In I, the overall yeah. bracket of uh, rock music? Yeah. yeah. about
3: that? Boy, Richie. Underrated. You could make the case underrated. Deep catalog. Sure. They're like a six. Oh!
4: Follow
3: the money. That's what I always say. You always follow the money.
2: This is Follow the Money with Mitch
5: Moss and Polly Howard on vSEN.
4: Welcome back. It is Follow the Money here on vSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Pauly Howard, live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. So not only did we have Championship Week and Selection Sunday yesterday, go back to Friday when you had that uh, bombshell drop as the Panthers moved up from number nine overall to get the number one overall pick from the Bears in a huge trade. And Josh Klein joins the program now. He covers the Panthers for riotreport.com. Josh, thanks so much for the time today. How are you doing?
6: I'm doing fantastic. How about you guys? I was told by your producer that uh, coming on this show would uh, excise a lot of my lost bets and uh, give me a huge credit at the casino uh, for March Madness. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here.
4: Good. He's a pathological liar, though, so uh, don't take him for uh, anything that he says. Uh, let, let's. And there's so much of this story, Josh, I don't even know where to begin, but let's go back to when the Ra- maybe the very beginning of this, when the Ravens uh, put the non-exclusive tag on Lamar Jackson, and all those teams in the NFL came out within like 15 minutes and said, nope, no interest at all in Lamar Jackson, including the Carolina Panthers. Why?
6: Well, I assume that's going to be the new M.O. in the NFL, right? As soon as tampering starts at noon, we're going to get a lot of reports on all these teams that are not interested in certain players. No, I think that that is just how uh, the, the teams had gotten together. And they these owners and GMs, they don't want to start a precedent of giving out guaranteed contracts to, uh, to quarterbacks. And for the Panthers specifically, they had already been talking to Chicago throughout the combine over the past month about trading up to that number one pick. So ultimately in Carolina, I do think there, there was a grain and a kernel of truth to not having that interest in Lamar Jackson. Across the other part of the league, I don't know what the Falcons are doing. Right. I don't know what some of these other teams are doing. Um, but I, I think one of them may ultimately end up with Lamar Jackson on their team uh, or he just goes back to the Ravens on that tag and then the Baltimore fans have another year of biting their nails uh, as he um, you know, uh, does cryptic tweets and Instagram stories.
4: Okay. So then moving forward beyond that then, they make the trade. And then you heard so much of uh the possibilities here. The movement on CJ Stroud after Books, you know, took it down and they put it back up, he was last week alone, I bet him at plus five fifty. He was, I think, four to one late in the week. Take it off the board, he reappears as like a minus two fifty favorite, and that's only gone up since. Based on where we're at right now, do you agree with that movement?
6: I think as just like the key part of your sentence there is based on where we are right now. I would say, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that movement, but I think in this day and age, you're going to hear a lot of reports, especially after that Alabama pro day, when you see Bryce Young actually throw the ball and, uh, and does that famous off his back foot flick at 60 yards. And I'm sure everybody will, there will be some sort of viral video of, uh, of Frank Reich widening his eyes while he's standing on the sideline or something. And then the odds will flip back. So if you do want to bet on CJ Stroud as the number one pick, and ultimately I think that's where the Panthers will end up, uh, I I would, I might wait until those odds come back down a little bit more, or you get some sort of weird Will Levis rumor that floats. Like all this stuff has a little bit of time to progress in terms of storyline. And that's where these, that's where these draft odds come from, especially so early in the process. There's still six weeks left before the draft and, uh, and believe me, I stare into the mirror and tell myself that every single morning. Still six weeks left. <laughs> yeah. uh, one less day.
3: They uh, they made several comments about how they like all these quarterbacks, which could be a lie, but they also said we could move back. How confident are you that they keep the pick and don't try to trade the number two?
6: Yeah, I think that uh, that that they're putting out that report, and that behooves them to have that out there, right? For the Panthers, that if the rest of the league, including the Texans, can, and they keep hearing that the Panthers might trade back. They might trade back. But ultimately, if you really think about it, if you drill down a little bit more, there's really nobody for the Panthers to trade back to. They're not going to trade back to the Colts with the fourth pick because they didn't move up to one just to get the fourth, pick the draft, or get the fourth, pick, fourth quarterback. They're going to move to Arizona's pick at number three because Arizona doesn't want to come up for a quarterback. So uh, if you're the Texans and you say, hey, we've got to flip up to number one in order to get uh, in front of all these quarterback-needy teams, a quarterback-needy team already jumped in front of the Texans, and now they're drafting at number one. So uh, to me, it's, I-, I just don't see a situation. I think if the Panthers end up trading back it's to number two with the Texans to flip picks, and that would be a huge mistake uh, on the Texans' part. But I mean, let's face it. NFL teams make mistakes all the time, uh, and and they're not. uh, Sometimes it feels like they need some, like a like a 16 year old that plays Madden and uh, and knows exactly how to run the franchise mode um, for for seasons at a time. Mm So if they do end up trading back, I feel like it would not be it would be a a huge win for the Panthers and a mistake by whoever ends up trading up.
4: Yeah, and so again, the the Panthers traded up here, and they can say whatever they want, but you're not going to give up that much. Correct, Josh. Unless they have one specific quarterback in mind, if they keep the number one overall pick, or am I wrong on that?
6: Yeah, I think I, I absolutely think they went up there with the idea that they are going to draft CJ Stroud. But again, we're six weeks out. Maybe they interview Bryce Young, and Bryce Young says all the right things. Maybe they see him throw, and they say, "Man, look at this guy." I mean, how uh, you know? Maybe CJ Stroud gets hit by a bus. I'm actually, I should knock on wood. Maybe we'll just strike that from the record. We're not live, right? We're like seven, a podcast. Yeah, seven
4: second fine. delay on that.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Maybe just bleep that whole thing. But, um, you know, there, there are a lot of things that can change over the next six weeks. But I think if the draft were tomorrow, I think they went up for C.J. Stroud. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's who they will end up with uh, come April
4: 27th. Sure. And, and so if it's not Stroud, then is it, do you think, again, six weeks out? But as of right now, if it's not Stroud, would you say it is young? Or is there any possibility... And we talked about the history of quarterbacks to play under Frank Reich. Every, like everyone, is like six three, six four. Young's five ten. Richardson's a beast. Levis is a beast. Is there any chance you think right now that it could be either one of those guys?
6: Yeah, I think it would be Levis more than Richardson. Uh, you know, for everything that we're hearing coming out of Carolina camp is that Richardson is a little bit too much of a project, and and that uh, David Tepper kind of has a little bit of an eye for Bryce Young, and he also has. Uh, he he likes what Will Levis looks like, so uh, I think Will Levis would be the kind of the the sneaky option that could get up to number one. But ultimately, uh, I think it's a two-horse race between Young and Stroud. Uh, anyone else doesn't really make sense at number one.
4: Why'd they throw in D.J. Moore?
6: I, I think they couldn't have gotten up to number one without getting to D.J. Moore. I mean, yeah. that's what the bear. I think the Bears wanted the Bears wanted D.J. Moore. Uh, probably was the first guy that they said, and they they knew that they were going to get a twenty-four first-round pick from whoever they traded with. They knew they were going to get a couple of second-round picks. They knew they were going to swap back to a top 10. And ultimately, it was the decision between a 2020-25 20, 20, 20, first-round pick and D.J. Moore. And I think some other teams offered that 2025 first-round pick. The Panthers offered D.J. Moore, and that's why the Panthers are going to ultimately pick number one and not a team like the Colts or uh, or um, somebody else that wanted to go up to number one.
3: How do they plan to address the uh, rest of the roster and especially getting this young quarterback help. And Chenault's their number one wide receiver.
6: Yeah, I think they're going to depend a lot on Terrace Marshall, who they spent a second-round pick on a couple of years ago. I think they're going to make some moves in free agency. I think they'll pro- you'll probably see either a wide receiver or a tight end come to them in the second round. This tight end class is so deep that I think you could get a, a starting tight end. Um, with a, They have the 39th pick. Ultimately, I think they might move that back a couple Uh, a few picks and pick up some extra draft capital down the road. But I I think you're going to see wide receiver and tight end um, addressed in free agency and in the draft and then uh, running back as well. So I think this is a team that has a, a good core on the offensive line, but ultimately Mm -hmm. you look at the big picture for the Panthers. They're, they're a rebuilding team. They, they fired their coach halfway through last season they traded two of their three best players. They have the number one pick in the draft. They are rebuilding. I, I think anybody expecting the Panthers to be to win the NFC South next year uh, are fooling themselves. They're going to re-pot- restock. They're going to turn this roster, make it something that Frank Reich wants to work with. They're going to hope that Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud are, it-, it looks like the quarterback of the future during his rookie year. And then in 2024, they have all these young defensive pieces. They have a rookie quarterback. They still have a lot of that offensive line under uh, contract. And they have a ton of cash space. Like, I'm talking $140 million worth of cash space and no dead money going into 2024. Obviously, that's going to be a little different after, the, after this year's mm-hmm. contracts. But that's a big year for them is 2024. Not 2023 is setting the table. 2024 is when I think they're going to make their real big push for the NFC South and maybe the rest of the NFC.
4: Josh Klein, our guest, he covers the Panthers for RiotReport.com. He's on Twitter at JoshKleinRules. Last thing, about 90 seconds here. I'm with you. I could not bet the Panthers today to win that division or anything beyond that at all after that trade. Uh, pecking order of that division. Saints, best team, I'm guessing, is what your answer is going to be. How does that go one through four? Well,
6: it's got to be. The Bucks might be the worst team in the league after all is said and done <laughs> in terms of free agency, and they're yep. going to be starting Kyle Trask. Uh, and maybe Baker Mayfield, who a uh, Panthers fans will be ecstatic to see Baker Mayfield come uh, twice a year, and uh, and the Falcons, I don't know what the heck they're doing. I mean, they seem to be throwing their hat into with Desmond Ritter um, and, and just eschewing some Lamar Jackson, who could absolutely change that city and that franchise. So, uh, and personally, as a lifelong Charlottean and, and grew up a Panthers fan, uh, nothing makes me happier than the Falcons uh, bungling. Their future and looking like an incompetent football. Team.
4: <laughs> okay, all right, good to know. Josh, thanks so much for the time today. We appreciate that.
6: Absolutely, thanks a lot, guys.
4: Yep.
3: Thank you. Okay. So, as Peter King wrote today as well, the deal does not get done without DJ Moore. Okay, That's the whole key to the trade. Yeah. Yep. And again, the Bears have to hit like a floor
4: with the salary yeah. cap. They have to spend a certain amount of money, and that twenty million dollars in his contract makes a lot of sense from to fill that as well. Why did it's they say? How about that, though? That that little piece of information
3: could be Levis. Could be. Yeah. Not Richardson. Interesting. Right, right. Because there was a report, uh, Reich likes Richardson. Why did the Texans win the game? Oh, the hall. Two twos. Baffling. Two ones. You lay down, it's right there for you.
4: We'll recap the weekend betting action in win some, lose some. Coming up next.